Hmm. <laughs> hey, universe. I couldn't get my dog to wake up for this, but what else is new, right? 908. Oh, wait, it was 908 two minutes ago because it's 910 now. I have 33% of my battery left, but now that the power's come back on, well, <sighs> let's say I'm not as worried about falling asleep in the dark as I was before the lights came back on. So I might as well get this one going, and this is the review episode, and I I say that with some some sense of of uh, I don't want to go through it all again, and so this might be the last collection in which the review episode is a 40, 50, 30, 20, 10 occurrence. That seems, do I need to review myself five times in the process of a 53 recording session? I don't know. That's a, it's a lot of self evaluation, which I don't know that brings any value to anything um, other than possibly looking for things that I started but never finished, of which there are plenty. But there will always be plenty. So what am I going to fix that? No. Um, and I'll bet if I just organically let myself continue talking, the things that I dangled and never got back to eventually would be revisited. My mind would circle back in some random assortment of future variables or just in a way that reminded me, oh yeah, you know what else I forgot to talk about? Anyhow. So... I think one of the reasons that I'm reluctant to get this one going is because I know it involves two of my least favorite moments of hitting the stop button. And what I mean is I will never erase something. And in fact, I've had to edit less and less because I've been less clumsy. Although I bet I was just covering the microphone right now. <laughs> I suck. But even though I suck, 212 in, the phone is now placed on the side table like it's supposed to be so that I'm not messing with it. But the sense in the beginning of hitting stop was one of nailed it, went off and I was wrong. Now, obviously, that's a reaction that any of us uh, can have with some deeper reflection further into a project. So the fact that I see that isn't unusual, nor is it even something I'm concerned about. But now, having a wider breadth in which to evaluate what I think I accomplished in trying to converse, I'm able to criticize myself in more fine-tuned ways. I may spend a recording misusing words, for instance, that if I don't uh, repeat becomes one of those, well, that's just me being me. But no, it's not. It's, it's, it's something that gives me the ability to say I can be better. And I will say that the last two episodes are two where, again, I just wandered off. Now, the 39 things I think was honestly a tangent of wandering that I thought, you know, there's enough here that I bet I could get a top 10 list that turned into 39. That could have turned into 99. Well, I don't know if I could be as, as out on a limb to get all the way to 99. But I have at least 10 more that are just 
not shareable today. They may show up in another conspiracy episode anyway. But the ones that I mentioned are because I'm just looking for some conclusions here and I can't draw one. So I'm left with these beliefs. That doesn't mean that my beliefs are in any way written in anything other than mayonnaise sandwiches. So as soon as you show me some mustard, I'm ready to say, hey, mustard sandwiches are better. All right, but that doesn't mean that they were perfect. And this has not become the strawberry cough episode, by the way. This one has become the Blue Dream episode because I had a cannabis uh, acquisition adventure this evening. And by adventure, I do mean adventure. So I might tell that story later, but Blue Dream is back. And oh man, it is my favorite strain. Oh, well, Blue Dream, Golden Goat. And I think that's it now. I'm not as impressed with Durban Poison, Sour Diesel, Maui Wowie. I don't know if they just have improved the strain cultivation to the point that those feel less impactful. But And and once in a while, all of those can be A++++. And most of the time, they're A minus B plus at worst. But Golden Goat and Blue Dream are like the ones that always remind me of why I smoke weed. Well, I don't smoke weed anymore. Why I dab concentrates. All right. So welcome to the Blue Dream. Hope your color palette is as electric as mine. My color palette's totally not electric. It's like tan. All right. We also... Oh, my parents sending us off to our rooms to read. That isn't even what I meant. Like, we would start reading night with everybody in the living room. And after 45 minutes or an hour, somebody would get tired of sitting on the corner of the couch and decide they wanted to go lie down. So off to their room they went. That is what was reading night. And in, um, in our house, we were always doing things by committee. Now, those who were introducing the bills, my parents, had a lot of control over what the committee was even voting on. But we always felt empowered to decide things as kids that the family would be up to. And it was a good way, frankly, especially when there was still shitty entertainment value to be found outside of the three channel network television. It was my parents' goal to let us feel like we were making some of the decisions. So when we would have a shift of interests from, let's say we had been doing game night every Wednesday night and people were getting sick of it, or I kept winning in poker or whatever, you know, things happen. Um, well, we might decide, okay, let's all build this thousand piece jigsaw puzzle. And we'll do that uh, uh, once a week instead. And after doing one, two or four of those, you never want to do another one. So you move on to, well, what would the kids like to do? And I remember the period of time when both of us, my sister and myself, had a night that we determined what the family did. And we were like probably 10, and probably 9, 11, 10, in that range. We were definitely in elementary school because the curfew was 9 o'clock. So we could only do things up till 9. Um, and so as I was thinking about going off to our room to read a book... It was the antithesis of what was actually going on. The idea was that whatever we're going to do, we'll do as a family, including reading a book in the living room. 
a lot like today's, hey, you know what we should be doing? We should all just go get our smartphones and sit around and fucking look at our screens. Well, my family invented that, but it was called Book Night. And I won't say that Book Night wouldn't be something if I had kids that I'd think about. You gotta be able to quiet things down and just concentrate on something interesting to you. I mean, fuck, what do you think you're here for? The word think had something to do with it. So, I'm not here to ever tell you that what I had was right, what I had was wrong, or what I had was something that did anything other than form my current ride on Earth. But I look back now and appreciate so much of how creative and much effort my parents put into raising kids. I'm very lucky. I had very interested parents. And they could not have been more open to letting our interests go where they went. That, to me, is as fundamental a part of what made me who I am as my experience of diversity and unquestioned equality that was messaged to me from kindergarten on until college, when things got real. Well, college wasn't real, but I learned within a week of my first experiences at college that I was a naive boy from a town out west that was living in some fantasy land. All right, but I'll get into that way more in a future group because I think talking about race and what we have done to divide ourselves by color and how almost all of that is manipulated, but it is working on some very real tribal defenses, but those are just triggers. They aren't active concerns. They're just capabilities being leveraged by those who know that we're capable of being leveraged or at least susceptible to certain ways of group thinking, especially in a chaotic environment. But everybody here is awesome. Everybody. Just know it. Believe it. Live it. And it'll manifest as completely your reality. And so it's funny that I note uh, deodorant? Oh, no. That I note <laughs> discomfort. Boy, that does look more like deodorant. But it's funny that I note discomfort trying to present myself as composed. This might be the most reflective moment of both episodes for me. Because, of course, I'm trying to present myself as composed. But wait a second. Then does that imply that I'm not composed? No. What I mean more is that as I move forward and present myself in any public sphere, I do so with the expectation of presenting myself presentably. But not necessarily bearing presence. Though I'll bet that would help. People would probably say, oh, he's got presence, I wonder what for. Well, no, no, you don't give gifts away. You don't try to be liked. You don't do anything that is an, an overt position that you feel you are maintaining. If your sense of that is real, then you're not being yourself. 
And it can be for 154 reasons. And there are subdivisions and corollaries and all kinds of things. So that's not the extent. But all that modern angst, all that too busy to get around to shit is such a lie. You're not busy. You're not busy. You aren't busy. You're fucking listening to this. That's about the least busy thing you could possibly be. And that's okay. But be real. Be decisive. Be forthright with what you know you have been lying to yourself about way shit is, how things went down, how it all worked out for you, what didn't work out for you, opportunities overlooked, whatever. Whatever story and narrative you're carrying around, well, shed it. And shed it by going out and being your real self in every opportunity that you can build confidence. And continue that path until you emerge as your real self. Because there won't be a path anymore. There will just be possibility. And that, that, I think, is the true ascension of divinity that's right around the corner for everybody. Now, I'm going to actually stop there and go back and listen to some of the crappy ones because I feel better now. I feel like maybe there was some, I don't know, direction in that. But whenever you listen to it, of course, I'll understand the meandering bridges that I was crawling under. But until then, full speed ahead, baby. Well, actually, pause. Well... It's now one two two three on four twenty two. The symmetry in all those numbers is not enough for me to be interested. But here we are, having finished all the rest of the episodes and having listened to the other two twice now because I got distracted. By other things, like, what's up, kitty? Put the phone down. It puts the lotion in the basket. And <clears throat> not having any lotion. Well, I probably have lotion. Do I have lotion? Do I have a basket? I probably have a better chance of having lotion than having a basket. If I have lotion, it might be in a basket. Because I would think that was funny. And then I would put a sign... With a little dolly that said it. And put that in the same basket. Would I do that? Probably not. But I wouldn't put it past me. Just like I wouldn't put it past me to totally um, mispronounce a word while getting through the um, hero episode for... Uh, I can remember it because of her initials. Lauren Caitlin Upton. I said, uh, I read her initial response as many of U.S. Americans instead of us Americans because that's how it was typed out in the transcript I was reading, which is terrible on my part because that's terrible on my part. And, uh, <clears throat> yeah, Again, that is the perfect time to make such a dumb little word 
fumble that I didn't really even notice um, until I listened to it again. So if there's not a sense of humility that's happening in that moment because somehow I was using some gaslighting reverse shade technique to ultimately prank her in some just diabolical twisted method. Well, no, I can't even get through the goddamn transcript without making a mistake. So if that's not just the reflexive humility that comes with having a moment where you realize that you are just as susceptible to the human donkey punch as everybody else. I get it. That's why she's a hero to me, because a moment like that could have train wrecked my life. It didn't seem to train wreck hers. I've looked no further, so I really don't know. But again, this is based more on the fact that her profile stayed low in a moment when she was thrust into a profile high train wreck. And I'm impressed by that. Simple as that. So therefore, you're heroic. And for U.S. Americans who cannot find the... Oh, did have I said... I thought the original question was about Americans not being able to find Iraq on a map. Because it doesn't even make sense to me that one-fifth of Americans can't find the United States on a map? You see the map on every newscast ever. It's impossible to ignore. It's like saying that one-fifth of Americans can't identify the American flag. What? (laughs) The sentence is absurd. And I think 20% of Americans not finding Iraq is low. It's probably 40%. But 20% is still one in five. Iraq is in the Middle East. We all know that. You could at least get a one in 12 chance of just pointing. But the idea that 20% of Americans can't find the United States on a map? Question seems wrong to me. It seems like a Mandela effect. But I don't know what I'm talking about. <clears throat> I really don't. Because all that shit about the schedule, well, it basically worked out today. And I don't think I was introduced to this, though it might be in my welcome packet. But you get hired into a part-time training position that is in the the scale of their capacity to keep you in that position up to 90 days. Now, you can fly out of that training regimen and put yourself in a better situation by applying for a full-time job. Oh, really? How did I not know that at all for a month? (laughs) Well, let's face it, it's my fault. I somewhere have that resource of information either on a wall panel of some graphic uh, rah-rah nature or in a welcome to the uh, club Here's how your future uh, progression of career can go here. And I never read the article or whatever. It's my fault. But all of what you are dealing with until you have either gone through 90 days in your department 
or you have applied for and been hired into a full-time position either within your department or in another. In other words, you're good enough that we don't want to keep you in training for 90 days. Let's see if we can't find a position for you to start working full-time. That's the deal. And today I was approached by two different managers to see if I was interested in taking the positions that they want to fill. <sighs> I'm such a... <sighs> right. I, I do. I get tired of myself. I get tired of myself, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm amazed at the ways I'm not bigger than the moment, that I'm petty, that I'm self-involved, self-interested, self-deluded, self, 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 self. But I don't take selfies, you know. No, you didn't know that. Well, now you do. On to COVID test was the right thing to do. I'm still somewhat embarrassed that I let a runny nose did I let a runny nose run me out of work or did I want to leave that day? Hang on. Sudden cough acquisition syndrome overcome. I, it's not... The, the truth is I didn't feel that great. And I couldn't get my nose to stop running. For like 20 minutes when I fi finally got to work. The second truth is I rode in 22 degree weather on a bicycle with... I will say appropriate... What, what's that sound? Is the cat out there? Okay, thank God. I will say with appropriate protection on, thankfully. But I still f showed up at work frozen. My face was frozen and my hands were frozen. And I had on the best hand protection I know to wear. If I was on a motorized vehicle, as I have been in very similar, if not the same weather, these have been protective enough. So... I still could barely use my hands for 10 minutes before getting to work. And in this time, as my nose won't stop running, I can't really wipe my nose because my hands hurt too much. And this is the condition in which I decide it's best with all this training of where my obligations are not to be sick at work and get other people sick, that I at least tell my manager what my symptoms are and if he feels it's warranted that I seek further medical uh, evaluation. As I'm walking across the store, I always am having second thoughts. Well, unless I'm walking to go to the bathroom. About if there's something I should be doing that I, you know. And in this one walk across the store, as soon as I head across to to figure out what to do, I see the guy I need to talk to. Like, he's the only other person in my vision. This one aisle that's always filled up is me and he a, a block away from each other and we just start walking. By the time I get to him, <laughs> my nose is dripping down my shirt. <laughs> I don't have a Kleenex. I'm wiping it on my shirt. And he says, and I, and I tell him I've, I've got a persistent runny nose and uh, and it's uh, it's been this way, but never like this when I've gotten to work. He said, well, if you want to go get a COVID, you're on it. And I thought that meant I just had to go get an at-home test. No, well, that turned into the whole nose Q-tip routine, which, uh, again, proved I was negative. But even though it was 22 degrees, even though my nose had been running, other days I'd gotten to work, 
Uh, and even though my hands were so cold when I got there that I shouldn't have ridden home as quickly as I did because 15 minutes later was not enough rest to take on 23 degree, 24 degree weather on the same bike ride with more exertion because the hills are worse going home. But that's what I did. And I do this kind of stupid shit all the time, right? Like I just, I just figure whatever's next gets dealt with. And it's almost always worked out, but sooner or later it won't. And so I'm trying to become better at developing a, a wider scale of plan where the pieces in play are more like the chessboard. It may not all look coordinated and on the same attack. But as you start moving everything forward and as you start negotiating what can be done versus what can't and thus accelerate certain activities and, and, and forward projects that <clears throat> succeed to what scale motivates the next level of project involvement, it seems like, well, if I'm not at least thinking tactically across all of my actions as to where those outcomes may lead and then adjusting accordingly. If I've got things that are flaring and, and have no real pursuit of, of contribution, then I just need to tighten the whole board up. I need to move things toward the center and dominate the middle as it were. Dominate's a terrible word. Well, maybe not for chess. Yeah. Dominate can belong in chess. Uh, gotta get rid of. Okay, I added some stuff to the list. And I have some candidates to add further. But censorship is on the list. It should have been first, frankly. Well, maybe suicide should have been first. Maybe war should have been first. I don't know if starvation should have been first. I mean, it might be first of all of the group we're talking about here that's persisting and needs to get rid of it needs to be ridden of be ridden of that might even be right sounds wrong okay but that leaves one two three well i don't know if i said that i added um stop living for others expectations live for yourself or others Hmm. Influence. Live for yourself. Others. Hmm. Uh, negative reinforcement. Live for yourself. Others. Anything. Unless it's lining up to let you live more for yourself. Needs to be treated like the sort of buffered disconnect. Available in a Sims relationship with a neighbor who just doesn't want to talk about TV or art. They only want to talk about sports and games. So, we don't have enough in common to develop a friendship. Good thing there's that family moving in across the fence line. We'll talk to them about their new pool and jacuzzi. Why'd you get both? So, if you're not seeing yourself as having... The same, <laughs> I don't know, pineapple, cherries, and whatever else is in the jello that 
nobody asked for? Well, like I said in the previous recording, are you even capable of naming the most annoying thing about yourself? I don't think you are. I think that's a question that has to go to the crowd. Let's poll the audience because I don't think giving you 50-50 on this will even give you enough information to tell you what your most annoying feature is because we would deny it if the two things on the list are you are um, uh, you are a incapable of keeping someone's confidence or you are um, a terrible driver. Well, I think if you... <laughs> Why am I talking about this? Do I have a point? <laughs> I don't really... Oh, man, I have totally lost it. Which is not why knowing a little bit about something that there's probably a lot to know about is dangerously stupid to be talking about. Or maybe that is what this is about. What's about the... So, if you have flaws... Like, no. Okay. No, I, re I remember now. You... Those are two stupid examples, though. Why would I give poor driver? Why Why is that the worst thing about you? No. Okay. Before I make that topic, the worst thing about me, the... <laughs> the candidates to join the gotta get rid of list, and I, I'm censorship's on the list, suicide's on the list, war's on the list, starvation, and what, you know, we gotta get clean drinking water to the world, and there's no question we can engineer enough food for the planet in maintainable and, uh, and sustainable situational farming across the world. There's no community that can't have enough food. Now, I don't know that we can all eat chicken and beef. I don't really think that's relevant. There is enough fruit, vegetable, grain to go around the world. So the things that I would suggest we also add to the list? Well, if starvation includes clean drinking water, I would think that would be the same initiative, but otherwise throw clean drinking water on the list that we have not get rid of, but we have to get rid of people who are living without clean drinking water. And the ones I don't have yet decided if they're worthy, um, medical bankruptcy, because that is America. Stupidly. Pretty much only America. Aren't there four or 14 or less than 15 countries where you can even suffer a medical bankruptcy? Yay, America. <sighs> is the insurance industry worse than the banking industry? Is pharmaceutical industry the worst? Or is it, well, it's the military industrial complex. Or is it's the manufacturers of the weapons? It's whoever is, it's whoever is thinking that their individual gain on the suffering of planetary level sorrow has justified that that imbalance of existence sits well with them, works for them, gets them, what, blowjobs on their yachts? I don't know. I mean, a blowjob on a yacht's probably pretty fucking sweet. But it ain't that sweet. So, 
I would say, yeah, let's get rid of medical bankruptcies. And then let's also get rid of um, unauditable elections. There should be no such thing. How did three audits get stopped in the 2016 election? By court order? Hmm. Paid for by candidates in the election, supported by signatures from people in the community to the point that the law is followed as requested for audit verification results in three different states. All court ordered illegal. This request is illegal. Because we don't want to show you the fucking data. So we'll just call it illegal. That's the only thing we can think that will keep you the fuck out of our computer files. Well, enough. Every election, there is zero reason for transparent elections not to exist. If we're going to live in a governmental system based on the votes of the people then you should be able to track your exact election profile all the way to the results. And every other citizen should do exactly the same and should be obligated to verify within the election results that their path is correct. You vote, then you verify. That's the system. And if everybody does it, we have a three-day holiday where you vote on day one or day two. And on day three, the entire country verifies once verification is complete, the results are announced. It would be a perfect system for government transition. It could be something that would make everybody motivated to get involved. But instead, we have elections where one dude in a robe can say, <coughs> illegal, no more of this. Just like you can give an entire presidency. <laughs> Looking forward and not back. Hmm. I guess we need to stop looking forward. What? We need to get rid of looking forward and not past. Oh, oh, right. God. Glad I remember what this is. This is when I thought, wait, what did he say? When Obama said, there is no reason to think of the war criminality of one George Bush, his predecessor, because his administration was about looking forward, not looking at the past. Uh, what? <laughs> what did he say? Look, I'm not saying you don't have a moment of reckoning that gets all the way up to putting the president on trial, but you have to account for the mistakes made in the entire execution of five years of war activity in a response to an event that was mishandled. You need to look forward. 
the change of administration was our opportunity to look back, to have some accountability, and to at least put to rest some of the nonsense that surrounds everything that happened during Bush's presidencies. To not look at that is because somebody was... Yeah, what do you... How do you think anything other than there's coercion here or there is corruption? One or the other. So I say we get rid of looking forward and not past. It's time to think of accountability as something we can as a society sustain and move through. Everyone needs to come out fucking homecoming champion and goddamn first pick in the All-American draft. You know what? Having a life that's fulfilled through being kind and generous and available to help and curious and committed to the truth while having that influence on everyone around you is an amazing life. And you don't even have to throw a football. Or kick one. Football! Go France! So I would say we need to get rid of doing anything but living in the moment. But we certainly need to stop thinking that Well, what's done in the past has been done. And if we just look back there and see dirty ass shit, you know what that does? Makes us all need to go buy toilet paper. And with the run on toilet paper, there's just none to be had. Well, thanks, CNN. Your opinion, once again, is not even... (sighs) We need to get rid of guilt. We need to get rid of shame. We need to get rid of... Um... Tim Allen? Oh, no, that's another different note. Do we need to get rid of Tim Allen, though? That's possible. It's possible. I haven't seen any of his latest WWDs, but Tim Allen had his moment, man. I definitely had me some in my repertoire when Mr. Allen was throwing darts at the bullseyes. Then he made some Santa movies or whatever. I don't know. Went Disney. So I'm sure he's drinking adrenochrome, right? Okay, listen to yourself. As you say, that is enough. Okay, stop. But don't stop, because I haven't gotten enough. I have to finish my list quick. I did the whole front, so we're done there. To do the back, you gotta ask. So I say yes, let's go through these last few and really get to know each other at a level that allows the trust and relationship building that I'm here to try to engender. Well, it hasn't done anything but wither. Let's see if there's a little flourish at the end. More that than the fact that the story is the same with the flood, the people from the sky coming down. It's how many of the sky deities are these groups of six to eight the Greek gods the the uh, Mayan myth of their 
underworld and overworld gods, the Aztecs, the Egyptians. Um, it's really when Christianity pulls up that they can sell it down, date it down to one. Because if you only think of one, then, well, that's a lot more controllable. But when you got a Hindu corral of things that look drawn for Saturday morning cartoons, well, hmm. They didn't draw that shit for nothing. They didn't all have similar stories of similar personalities across similar groups with similar missions, creating similar results and similar beliefs. Too similar to ignore. And I haven't spent enough time to figure it out, but that one seems like it's just waiting for somebody to go in there and really thoroughly vet out what the whole connection is if it hasn't already been done because a lot of times when I listen to some things that I say I I say them without having ever gone to look to see how deeply involved the knowledge base there may be and I don't mean to throw out stuff I've never even at least scratched the surface of and I've done it a few times including right there so enough's enough especially because I also don't mean to burp okay note almost completed this is a receipt that I wrote all this on, so there was only so much room. Oh, and included in that group are the, the Dogon, the Anasazi. Um, a lot of Native American tribes have similar myth and legend in their creation stories. Um, the entire Northwest, Pacific Northwest region was loaded with it. As a matter of fact, it was the first time I really started to understand the tradition of North American pre-white guy life. There was a lot of that in the Pacific Northwest. Too much to, to not walk away in, affected. Okay. We're of the original. We are divine. I think our souls are. I don't believe the human experience is. But I think our souls are. I think we are the heroes. I'm sure of that. Um, and I was, yeah, well, all of that stuff about like uh, universe creation, and that's just nonsense making it up. I'm, like I'm telling a seven-year-old a bedtime story. Not that you're a seven-year-old, not that you should go to bed. But if you're a seven-year-old, I mean, it's 1250. Oh, shit, it's 1252. All right. This has to end. Uh, and a seven-year-old at 12.52 should be snoozing away. How much more wonderful can life get than this? I really don't think it can, but I think some people are trapped in a vision that there is some deficiency here that can't be overcome. I don't see it that way. I used to, but I don't anymore. And I think my ultimate journey is to stop the hanging. I know that. I knew it as soon as I said it. I also knew that saying what I said was the truth. But listening to it for the third time was when I said... Actually, I didn't even say. I just thought... I am no longer capable of being rubbed out for my own puddle of can't face the music. Nope. 
That's who we are. We're the barbarians capable of hanging someone because they have the wrong skin color. <laughs> well, my journey, I now know, is to stop the hanging. Probably always has been. P.S. Universe. Please, please, please don't let me fuck this all up. <laughs> I forgot to address the 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 one thing I truly love that I think Christianity nails is the idea of sacrificing yourself for the greater good being a pointless gesture. The collapse of conscience that Christ would have on the cross, that his entire pursuit of divinity and and purpose for humankind to literally cleanse them of original sin was just a delusion in his entire existence was nothing but mental illness as he withers away nailed to boards <laughs> and that crisis of conscience well, please, please, please don't let me fuck this all up. And I don't even feel that's in... It's as if you're talking to me about how to get bingo to help improve my pinball game. Seems like maybe you could just let me play pinball. Because what you think you know from within can be trusted enough to guide you through that which is the entire web of lies to navigate, to try to find some truth in what our current reality is doing. Well, it's the first thing you have, along with your critical nature, your ability to discern bullshit, your checking of sources, your willingness to argue the other side and find sources so that you can try as best you can to undermine your own current situation. Those are all the tools in the, in the box. And if you don't use them all, then somewhere you're gapped. Could you get lucky and not have needed to necessarily filled that gap because really it was just redundant information you'd have discovered? Maybe. But maybe that's the core argument and the crux of it is sitting there and you didn't even go finish. Use all the tools. Be thorough. Investigate as far as you can before you think you know something to ground as the truth. Because everything needs to be evaluated as having been brought to the table to muddy the situation as much as to clarify it. So if you're not willing to accept that you could be duped, you need to believe that you're just as susceptible to falling for all of it as you are to finding the ultimate truth. I sell this as if I've come up with some way of living that is a pursuit of truth. No, it's a way of living that's true to yourself.
but how am I, how am I ever going to know what's going on with say, uh, hmm, the situation in Ukraine? How, how can I know except going to Ukraine? Everything else is just TV and narrative. So, I did also forget to note the 43 total prime that 2911 and 3 main. I meant to note it. It was in my notes. I just didn't read it. I never, never bothered to look up the whole economic UK, England. I'll look it up sooner or later because it matters, but. I don't know. Why is that confusing? Why is that even there? Is that MI6? Or is that CIA? Probably. Oh, I did discover the France bias in my mom. Not only did she not name you as having won the World Cup, she didn't name you as a top three economy. So. <clears throat> oh, I broke my phone. Broke it by having it fall out of my hand while I was biking onto the pavement and it's in pretty bad shape. So now it's very realistic that I could go dark. I've only gone dark for like a week at a time when I've lost my phone, but don't be surprised that that's not in the immediate future. I never got picked up from work to play tennis. So I'm just correcting that. And yeah, let's see. American Psycho. God, I'm tired. American Psycho. <clears throat> Starring Batman. Um, is a great movie, but it is also Brett Easton Ellis's best book, regardless of any other, uh, uh, what he write, uh, as, God, I almost said Zero Dark Thirty. Now he, he wrote the, the, the drug movie that, um, that wrought, uh, that Iron Man was in. Batman and Iron Man. Anyway, Less Than Zero was his his most culturally uh, relevant moment until American Psycho. But his least culturally relevant moment for me was Glamorama. One of three books I have intentionally said I quit. I will not finish this book. I hate it. Glamorama, number one. Number one on that list is Glamorama. It almost completely underscores the value that is American Psycho, which is a good book, a very good book, and a very, very good movie. I think the movie's slightly better than the book because that's how good Batman plays a psychotic chainsaw-murdering fanatic. But his pressures are captured perfectly. And I think Christian Bale has one of the true abilities to show the mental inside of someone psychotic. But so does Batman. So schedule works out. That's fine. Why am I? I'm so tired. But Glamour him up. Sucked. And, okay, Duvall was inevitable. Duvall wasn't inevitable, but somebody was going to try to take their game from 
sublime to unconscionable because of nutrition and physical fitness. It, it, David Duvall lost his comfort zone by tinkering with his game in a way that everybody on tour was tinkering with the game. So whoever was in the position to have that influence create the biggest fall was the number one player in the world. Everything that he did that pulled him away from the guy who could shoot 59 was another... It was like the Fibonacci sequence. Add it to the last one, now it's this much harder to get back to where he was. And how do I know that he could have just never touched the wheatgrass protein shakes and morning jogs of 17 miles on Sundays? I'm sure he didn't do that on Sundays. But whatever he was doing that slowly tinkered him into oblivion, well, I present Lorena Ochoa as the counterpoint. The five foot six, I know she's five six. I think she weighed 130 pounds or 135. She was the typical woman you would walk up to at a property title office and say, I'm here to sign documents. And she would say, hang on, let me go find my paperwork. This woman could drive the ball far enough that she was the LPGA tour leader. I think it was 2007, 2009. I can't remember. It was the aughts, late aughts. And she was a powerful player her whole career. She could hit the ball 270 yards on average from the tee at 5'6", 130. Now, Tiger Woods could hit the ball. I think his his best driving average was 330, 318 maybe. I don't remember his stats anymore. But so, and he was, what, 6'1", 220, I think, was what he played, or 210. He might have been lower than that. He might have been 190. But, and he might be 6'2". I think he's 6'1". Uh, it doesn't matter. He's significantly larger than Lorena Ochoa. And he hits the ball. 60 yards further, on average, or 50. Well, every man playing can hit the ball with the same momentum and force generated by Lorena Ochoa if they can get their body into the flexed positions that her swing, rotation, and mechanic allow her to place her hands, her shoulders, her hips, and her legs as she cocks back to swing and drive through the ball. Can everybody do it? <laughs> Fuck no. And yoga ain't going to do it either. Because there's a certain synchronicity that a 135-pound, 5'6 woman from Mexico who dominated the tour brought to the game that she never tinkered with. In fact, she got bored with the game <laughs> and left it in her prime. Well, long before her decline had been realized. 
and never has regretted it for a second. Because she knew that the only way that the game was going to be played with the kind of skill and grace she could bring was to not change anything, but to just relax and let what she naturally had hit the ball. That's all I wish David Duvall had done. Now, that doesn't mean it would have worked out. There were other golfers back then that had the same kind of ability. I'm thinking of like, what was his name? Chris DeMarco, maybe? The guy with the bracelet? He won like three, four. He had a, a two-year run. I want to say 06, 07, maybe 05, 06. That looked like, uh-oh, this guy's good. And then, psh, disappeared. You know, Patrick Harrington did the same thing. Hell, he fell way off. Talk about getting the yips. Oh, and I messed up the yips. I messed up. I messed up Ian Baker Finch. Shit, I didn't even... I thought he was British. I mean... And why did I say the 70s? That was just an error because I don't know any golfers from the 70s other than Nicholas and Palmer and Trevino and the, the greats. So, no. What I do remember is Ian Baker Finch having a tee shot that was so errant. I wasn't... I, I'd never seen a pro golfer hit such a poor shot. And I think it was in the round that he shot 92. I think I saw that round on TV, but I don't know that I did, but I definitely remembered one of the highlights of his swing, uh, his, his errant shots from the footage I'd seen of a quick highlight reel of him. So I don't know why I had that all wrong. Honestly, I do know why, but it's because I was listening to somebody who I used to play golf with. The guy who lost his putt, his, who got the yips was Bernhard Langer. How I forgot that, I really don't know. Because there was a time when Bernhard Langer was my favorite golfer. And it's when he got the freaking yips that I changed to starting to root for, I think, Greg Norman. Doesn't matter. <laughs> but Bernhard Langer is the golfer that got the yips and went to the belly putter. And, I mean, he overcame them. But there's no question that he was one of the most yippiest putters ever. So I didn't remember Ian Baker Finch right at all. I totally forgot Bernhard Langer. I've now talked more 80s golf than any human being alive other than myself and maybe Patrick would even want to listen to but ah, I got Mother's Day off oh and Ralph Goodell Goodall I'm sorry Goodall what was it Goodall Ralph Goodall seems like it was Goodall his uh, his his claim to well not his claim to fame but my college golf coach used to say that if you're not going to make it as a pro golfer, you can always go sell cars. Because this guy, Ralph Goodall, he had left the game to go sell cars. Now, I don't think he left the game to go sell cars when his game fell off. Maybe it got, maybe it was on a hiatus, and so he went and did something to make some money because he wasn't making money playing golf. But then he came back to the tour and then fell apart completely and never played again. So there was it's because my old golf coach from college used to bring him up as the... Potential for all of us to end up as car salesmen. That's the only reason I knew his name. But he's on the list of biggest, where did his game go, golfers of all time. He's not David Duvall. But maybe David will have a senior tour comeback. Maybe I will make the senior tour and play David Duvall in the U.S. Open Championship Senior Championship. 
<laughs> no. <laughs> uh, no. Nope. That is never going to happen. Now, Lorena Ochoa, maybe she could come back and play David Duvall. Okay, is that enough golf? Do I have anything left here? Yes. Gay, sick, sick gay people off my list? Have people off my list? Yes, I have people off my list. Okay. Yes, I have people off my list. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I wrote a comment, and I have no idea what it means. And that's not the first time. <laughs>